welcome to NCBI Labs. Well, we're near the end of November and this is generally speaking a, a big time for the retail sector. A few differences this year, of course, but Black Friday is still with us and it's falling on November 27th this year. So that's this Friday. So it's going to be a good time for your live events team to have a look at some of the offers that are available. Now, of course, there's always some some very good deals to look out for in the Black Friday sales, including in technology. But there are some pitfalls to avoid when buying heavily discounted items. So what are the pitfalls and how can you avoid them? And what are some of the deals that have caught our panel's attention? Well, stick around for that a little bit later on. Also on the show today, back by popular demand, we have Miriam Kelly, who's going to be talking to us about typing tutors. We'll be chatting about the importance of learning to type when it comes to independent access to so much of the world around us as well. So we'll be talking to Miriam shortly as well. And of course, if you have any questions that you'd like our panel to answer, you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie or if you have a question or a comment or if you just want to give us a bit of feedback, you can use the question answer panel on the right hand side as well, of course, if you're connecting through Microsoft Teams. But first of all for today, let's talk to our uh, guest this week on our Meet the Team section. And you'll know this week's guest well already from some of our previous shows. This week's guest is Joe Lannerden. You're very welcome, Joe. Good afternoon, Jude. Good to have you with us again. Thanks. So tell us some something, Joe, uh, in relation to your, your um, time with NCBI. Have you been with NCBI a long time? Where are you based? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm based in uh, Kilkenny at the moment. Um, I'm doing a lot of work from home because of COVID-19, but um, I suppose I'm with the company with about, I suppose, uh, 16 years altogether, roughly, uh, in different guises. I started off in the CE scheme and then I uh, started as an IT trainer in the Iona Centre. And um, I worked in different centres then, I suppose, Flindock and Dunleary, uh, the training centre for and different... Um, Stages and um, I taught ECDL and different things like that. So at the moment, uh, so I'm working. Had a very kind of experience yeah. with NCBI. Yeah, yeah right. I'm, I'm here a good while. I'm part of the furniture now at the moment. Yeah. yeah, very good. And you're certainly a regular on the live events as well, yeah. which is great. Tell us a little bit about life before NCBI, Joe. Tell us maybe a little bit about your background or the training you had. Yeah. Or I'm from Tipperary and I, I, I lost my sight around 18 and before that I, I was doing an apprenticeship in an engineering um, place where, where we made canopies for petrol stations and things like that and um, we made conveyor belts and all that kind of stuff and there was a lot of welding involved and things like that but um, once I lost my sight I had to give up that job and move on and uh, try and find some other niche or some something else to do so I, I contacted NCBI and I done mobility training and I done a few courses which led on to computers I had no real interest in computers before I lost my eyesight you know but uh, when I did take them up I suppose I could see the potential in them and mm. they make life a lot easier and we uh, started using the first phone with talks on it. Um, just, I can't remember the exact one. It was probably an N82 or something. But anyway, I know it could have been a 6630 Nokia, but whatever it was, anyway, that, you can see that opened, that opened the world to you as well because you were even able to use the internet on the phone back then around the year 2000. 
and um, uh, I had a computer with JAWS and so things moved on from there and I'd done a teaching diploma and I, I'd done a business administration course and a few things like that, you know, and eventually I, I got into um, passing on my skills on to other people, on to yeah. service users and uh, things led on from there and that's where my interest grew in the whole um, uh, IT and assistive technology. It's interesting just hearing that, Joe, because um, obviously we've heard some of your demonstrations and uh, some of the participation you've had in the discussions with the, the live events, and it's always been um, very kind of high level. So it's interesting just to hear that your your main kind of interest in both teaching and in technology came after you lost your, your sight. Yeah, it was the only interest I had in computers before that was playing the PlayStation. <laughs> or uh, maybe... Uh, small bit with, with PCs in school, but I, I didn't actually own one at the time, you know. Um, so I, I, sometimes you grasp things when you need to use something, you get more of an interest in it. Um, there's not, well, at the time I thought there wasn't a lot of jobs out there for visually impaired people. There is, there is a lot of jobs out there for visually impaired people. You just have to kind of uh, find your find your way in life, I suppose. And um, the way I took was getting an interest in computers. And it does open a whole uh, kind of information there for you, you know what I mean? So once you have the internet, you, you can get a lot of information. You can do courses online. You can, um, you know, they have smart, nowadays you even have smart speakers to get information uh, right at your, right on the button, you know what I mean? You, so you, yeah. you can access things with your voice now and uh, uh, everything is, is so easy. Like uh, if, if it's, only, it's only as hard as you want it to be, do you know what I mean? So yeah even if you can't use an actual pc you could use a smart speaker you know what i mean or if you if you don't fancy using the laptop maybe you can you can use the phone for nearly everything now you know what i mean it's like a little computer in your hand or yeah, you, yeah. you can track your you, you can track lots of stuff on your smart watch or whatever your preference is there's lots of stuff out there nowadays yeah so i think that's that's really interesting as well to hear from the perspective of anybody who might have lost their sight and, and finds technology a little bit daunting, that you've kind of gone from that point where you didn't have an interest before, but you've actually learned the whole thing to the point of having an expertise, a real expertise in it. Exactly. Um, like All think, after losing your sight is quite a comfort to people, I think. I think well. um, you could show other examples of people that had a similar circumstances. Like, mm. I know Paul Trainer. he was... Um, very well-known person, the NCBI, he unfortunately passed away a few years ago, but he was a block layer before he became a computer programmer and uh, before he became involved in tech support. So it is a, it's not easy to change roles and it, there's a big confidence block at the start, but once you get over that, there is, um, it, it can, you can get the drive and you can move on. And uh, I think step by step, and as Mary will show later on when she talks about doing type and tutor, I mean, if you know how to type and you know the keyboard, um, that's the first massive step to get over. Once you once you learn to hold the full keyboard, I suppose, then you can learn keystrokes. And once you learn keystrokes, you can you can move on and you can use any application you want on the computer. So that's a, that's a very big step for people if they could start from there, you know, start at the beginning, as they say, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'll be a, a good subject to talk about in a minute with, with Miriam as well. It's, it is a vital one. That's Tell us a little bit more about your role in NCBI at the moment, Joe. Yeah. I'm a role at the moment. Um, I do small as a tech support. Um, I also uh, do virtual technology clubs and uh, they're, they're, I'm involved in the one in Dublin with JP at the moment. There's probably an average of 16 people or, or 14 to 16 people a week doing that. Um, 
I also write uh, content for the newsletter every week, so uh, hopefully people are, are uh, subscribing to the newsletter and we're, we're getting information out there. And um, uh, JP is also, I also do that and in, uh, as a team with JP. So um, that's what I'm doing at the moment. And um, I, I also do uh, technology classes with the Iona Centre still. Yeah, very good. Well, that's kind of handy. Now people can put a, a face to the name and a voice to the name when they're thinking about um, the technology newsletters that they're getting through. Both JP yeah. and Joe are involved in in that. So um, that's a, a really good, valuable resource that, that people are able to get now as well. So if anybody hasn't actually signed up for that already, anybody listening in hasn't signed up for that, that that's uh, something that's really highly recommended. You've been doing some some content, of course, for the live events as well over the last few months. Have you enjoyed putting together some of the, the features for that? Yeah, I did enjoy doing um, some features on with smart speakers and things like that, because I see the way they can change people's lives, even if they're not um, maybe what they want to call themselves techies or whatever. You don't have to be a techie to use one of those, but you can get involved in a lot of very high tech stuff. So you could um, you can use them to control your TV and uh, um, even uh, lights and uh, doorbells and things like that. So I, I, I really um, enthusiastic about the smart home stuff and where that can lead us. So yeah, I'm, I, I enjoyed putting stuff together for the live events. Also enjoy using JAWS on a daily basis as well. And JAWS is getting better every year and uh, it's adding more innovative stuff like they're even adding um, uh, smart voice control for JAWS as well. I think it's called Sharky. It's not a, it's not Alexa or anything built in. It's, yeah, but yeah. it's similar, you know, so they, they've, um, I enjoy the innovations of all the different technologies every year and I enjoy uh, the way it gives you the same opportunity and inclusion to most yeah. um, applications yeah, nowadays for blind people. So. Yeah, very good. And it's great to kind of have your input then for uh, bringing that that onto the live events as well. That's that's really good. We really enjoy having you on the, the team as well. So yeah. great to have you on this today as well. Uh, Joe, good to great. be able to good. get a bit of time to, to chat to you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks very much. Okay. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you back on the show sometime soon as well. So that was that was great to talk to Joe Lonergan there this week. Now, before we move on to the item that uh, Joe just mentioned there, that we're going to be talking about typing tutors, I just want to mention that there's a little bit of reluct reluctance from our regular panel here to be involved in our meet the team piece. Maybe you hear enough from the regular crew already, but let us know what you think. Would you like to hear from our regular panel as well? So we've got Sean and JP and Daniel here. Rearing to go, I'm sure, but uh, a little we're bit all, of a debate we're here. All, we're all sick of <laughs> Was that one of our listeners piping up there? Just <laughs> an anonymous voice coming out of the ether there saying, no, please, no, leave us. <laughs> Very good. Well, let us know if you're if you want to hear from the guys, then it's in your hands. Now, let's move on to uh, our next subject here. We're going to talk to somebody who's overcome their reluctance to be interviewed with flying colours. Miriam, you're quickly becoming a feature on our live events. Our plan well, to, thank you very to rope much. you in is clearly working. <laughs> 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 you're being well roped into it. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind at all, Jude, as long as I can get my opportunity to interview Sean and JP and Daniel and yourself at some stage now and give you all a good grill and get my payback. <laughs> 
Oh, well, there we have it. Now, I, I was being a bit sneaky. I left myself out of that when I was <laughs> mentioning dropping Sean and JP and Daniel in it. But uh, yeah, you've you've blown the cover there a little bit now, Miriam. So <laughs> we'll have to get you back for that. Tell us a little bit about um, the um, typing course, because you, you were talking to us a little bit about your typing course when you were with us a couple of weeks ago. How's that going? Well, I'm delighted to say that that particular course that I mentioned when I was on last, Jude, has completed just last week and um, all the participants who came from all over Ireland to join the course, they were absolutely terrific. I have to say, you know, it's often it's very daunting learning something new and particularly for adults. Adults hate learning things new for some reason. Kids are great at it. But their attentiveness and their concentration levels throughout the course was extremely impressive. I was really impressed by them and every one of them can now type, touch type the keyboard, which is just fantastic. And that was my kind of ambition at the time. I was saying, come on, guys, you'll have this skill before COVID is, you know, before we're out of lockdown, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So in Brilliant. fairness to them and all their hard work, they put in a lot of hard work. And each and every one of them now can actually type with their eyes closed. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, that would certainly be some skill to come out of lockdown with a great way to, to use time. A lot of people can type to some extent um, in some way. When, when you talk about touch typing there, just so that we're kind of clear, what are we talking about with touch typing? Well, touch typing, Jude, is a method. It teaches you to have the ability to type the whole keyboard correctly without ever having to look down at the keys. In other words, you could type accurately with your eyes closed. And this is done yeah. by learning the correct positioning of the fingers and initially memorizing the keys before this technique becomes very automatic, you know, to the point of being able to type without even thinking about, you know, where the letters actually are on the keyboard any longer. Yeah. OK, so that does that take a fair amount of time, I'd imagine. I think it takes a lot of time and a lot of concentration. I would say between maybe 10 and 15 hours. The secret okay. is the practice, you know, to practice regularly. They don't do one day a week and then leave it for a week and come back to it. And that would be the same for learning anything. Do a little bit every day. You have to get better. You're not going to get worse, you know. So yeah, that's my yeah. that's my first tip. And I think so when that, you're when you're yes. saying there, did you say 12 to 15 hours? You're not talking about a couple of days in one week and you'll be you'll be straight through it and you'll you'll be flying after that. No, is that possible? Is that humanly possible? Absolutely. Is it recommended? I don't think so. Um, I mm. would say breaking it up into digestible chunks and giving yourself time. In other words, maybe one day a week um, to attend mm. a class, you know, environment and then practice the other days in between before you join the class again the following week, just to give yourself time to recap and sort of strengthen the learning as you go along. Because also you need to keep these things fun and enjoyable. You don't want learning to be a chore. Nobody wants a big chore if they have to learn something. So keep yeah. it fun, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that, that kind of that training method, if you like, of just little and often is always a great way to go when you're trying to, to learn something um, off by heart, so to speak, if you're trying Absolutely. to memorize something. So obviously now that can be quite an investment of time over a period of time. But why would you say it's so important, particularly for someone with sight loss, to learn to touch type? 
I think it's probably one of the best investments that they could ever make. And it has a number of advantages like accuracy, speed, job prospects, less fatigue, and I'll explain a little bit about what I mean by those. Mm. For speed and accuracy, once you can touch type the keyboard accurately, with typing practice, your speed will develop and improve automatically. In fact, some of the fastest typists in the world can win up to $10,000 in prize money at competition level. Now, these guys are like, you know, the hottest typists in the universe. <laughs> There was a there was a lady some years ago. I don't know. She's probably still still in it. Her name was Barbara Blackburn, and she reached typing speeds of 216 words per minute. Now that wasn't sustained. That was just her her greatest speed, if you like. But the average champion touch typist can reach speeds of 170 words a minute accurately over a period of time, which is phenomenal when you think yes. of the average typing speed of somebody even in an office would be 40 words a minute. Yeah. The job prospects then, as Joe Lonergan referred to there, typing is not really a, an optional skill any longer. I think most employers would expect you to have typing skills at this point, and it can open you up to more and better job opportunities, as Joe alluded to. You know, with a combination of touch typing skills and the ability to use screen reading software, Blind and visually impaired users can use a computer system just as well as their sighted colleagues, if not better and faster by using the keyboard commands that you also refer to. You know? So yeah. hands down, I think you could beat your mouse colleagues, you know, who are clicking on this yeah. and clicking on that. You know, you could you could pass them by with your keyboard commands. Yeah, well, that's that's a great kind of motivation straight away. If somebody is kind of thinking, I'm not sure if I, if I need to to learn this, that's a great kind of motivation straight away to know that you can actually do it's not like a, a second class way of doing of controlling the computer it's not like just an alternative to using the mouse it's actually better a lot of the time oh i, I honestly absolutely back a few years back when i was teaching sighted people you know just even say we'll take an example a word processing you know program and i would always have given them the keyboard commands you know if you're going to you know save a file control an s or f12 or whatever and with every single instruction i would give a keyboard command and i remember yeah. in one of the courses i had this guy and he would just wait for the keyboard command <laughs> and yeah. i don't know whether he just couldn't be bothered with the mouse or what but he was like at the end of the course like i was amazed that he remembered you know he was a sighted guy and he remembered yeah. but his preference was completely to use the keyboard you know that's interesting yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's very interesting, actually, that that is a, a preference because as well, as soon as you start using various different controls on the keyboard, as opposed to just typing, a lot of people might think of um, knowing the keyboard as just being typing the text, but to have all of the other function keys and everything in your mind, you're able to pretty much control everything about a computer Absolutely. Anyway, aren't you, at that stage. Absolutely. When so, you consider just even closing a file, closing a program, closing the computer, Alt F4, Alt F4, Alt F4, yeah. you know, I mean, you don't be running around looking for a mouse, looking for options, yeah. you know, all the rest of it. It's it's just it's so fast. And yeah, also, yeah. I think having the knowledge of touch typing, it's it, you know, it's less fatigue than kind of hunting and pecking for letters and listening to yeah. less editing involved. It's, it's just a, a nice fluent way, you know, of being able to type. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me then if somebody is wanting to learn to touch type, what's the best way to learn to touch type? Well, I suppose you have a choice of maybe three methods. 
Um, you could have an instructor led typing course that you would take maybe at a training center, at a college, a school, whatever. You could maybe sign up and do a virtual touch typing training course online. Or yeah. maybe you could use maybe something like a touch typing tutorial software. You know, there's software out there that you can use. So if you're motivated enough um, and you're happy enough to use maybe a touch typing software, there's lots of touch typing software out there and some of them are accessible for visually impaired and blind users as well. Very good. Um, so are some of those sort of online tutors, for example, that might be the, the first thing if if somebody's listening to this today and they want to make a start, they might look at some online typing tutors. Are they good or would you recommend online typing tutors? I think it depends on the person, you know, and how, and how ambitious and how determined that they are. But mm. if you're if you're very determined to do it, then absolutely you could use. I mean, there are there's a combination out there of free touch typing software and then paid touch typing software. So mm. I've put together a little demonstration for you, and one of them is going to demonstrate um, the free touch typing software from Typing Club. And then the other would demonstrate just a little piece on the typeability software, which is produced by the same company who have the software called JAWS, which a lot of your listeners may already be familiar with and that Joe uh, mentioned earlier on as well. JAWS is a screen reading software and the typeability software, uh, touch typing software that has been devised by the same company, it needs JAWS to actually run it. But the, the beauty of that is they're very familiar with the JAWS environment anyway. The other one is a touch typing club software. And I can talk about just a little bit about the two of those, you know, if you want to have a little uh, demonstration of both of those first. Yeah, so let's have a, a look at the video first and we'll come back to you. Hello everyone. This is a quick look at two accessible touch typing tutorials that are available for you to work on. The first one that we will take a look at is a free touch typing software program from typingclub.com. You will have to set up an account and you will have to enable the accessible options within the program. But once done so, you can see how this will operate. Let me give you a demonstration. F space J F J J space F F J J J. Now I'm going to make an error to see what To happens. type J, press down with your right index finger. I get to type J, press down with your right index finger. F. I will repeat that again. To type F, press down with your left index finger. To type F, press down with your left index finger. F space f f j j space f j f j space j j f to type f press down with your left index finger to type f press down with your left index finger 
Did you notice the little tone that I get when I make a mistake? It also corrects me with, with instructing me as to what I should have done. This typing tutorial is free from typingclub.com. Next, we will take a look at a touch typing tutorial that works with a screen reader that many of you will already be familiar with. The next one that we will look at is called Type Ability. And to use Type Ability, it is a paid program and it works and is designed to work with your screen reader called JAWS. Typeability Dialog. Good afternoon and welcome to Typeability 4. The fun way to learn how to type, how to use the computer, and much, much more. Now, I will be your guide through all your lessons, but I don't know your name yet, so either you or your assistant should type your first name, then a space, and then the first letter of your last name, and finally, just press enter. Then, bingo, your lessons will begin. Are you ready to do that? Just type your first name, then space, and then the first letter of your last name, and then press enter. And bingo, your type ability session will begin. So go for it. So as you can see, here you are requested to type in your full first name. M-I-R-I-A-N space K. And then I press my enter key. Enter. Well, this is super excellent. Miriam, you will be my new friend. Miriam, you have one four more openings of type ability before your demo runs out. Welcome, welcome aboard. It's great meeting you, Miriam. And guess what? I think you're really, really going to enjoy your type ability lessons. Well now, Miriam, I need your helper to press the F2 key twice quickly to start with lesson one. F Lesson 1. The top row. Escape and function keys F1, F2, F3, F4, F5. Alright, in this very first lesson, you will be learning how to type in the very top row of keys. In the top row of keys, you will learn how to find the escape key and also some other keys called function keys on some typing keyboards. However, at the very top, there's a row of small round buttons, but we don't want to press those small round buttons. So if you have a row of round buttons at the top, then ignore them. We're just looking for the top row of square keys. Now, you will be typing the keys escape, then space. The escape key is in the very top row of keys. The escape key is the very first key on the left of the top row, and the space key is right smack dab in the middle of the very bottom row of keys. It's a really wide key. Go ahead and type escape, then space, escape, yes, yeah, space, good, again, type escape, then escape, or space, good, again, escape, yes, yeah, space, you got it, one last time, Miriam, escape, go space, Mama, wonderful, next you will be typing escape, F1, then space. The F1 key is in the top row of keys. It's just to the right of the escape key. That means it's the second key in the top row. Go ahead and type. Escape. F1. Escape. Good. F1. That's it. Space. That's right. Again. Type. Escape. F. Escape. Yeah. F1. Space. Good. Again. Escape. F1. Space. That's it. One last time, Miriam. Escape. Yes. F1. Space. Yeah. Papa, beautiful. The next keys will be escape. F1. F2. Then space. The F2 key is just to the right of the F1 key. Go ahead and type. Escape. F1. F2. Then space. Type it four times. As you can see, with this particular program called Typeability, you do require JAWS to run the software. It also starts with the very top of your keyboard rather than the QWERTY layout. The program itself comes with a lot of different options within it. 
For example, keyboarding lesson lists. One. The top row escape and function keys so F1, F2, F3, F4, F5. Two. New letters from the home row A, S, D, F, J, K, L, closed. And decide I would prefer to run this one instead. Enter two. New letters from the home row A, S, D, F, J, K, L, lesson two. New letters from the home row A, S, D, F, J, K, L. All right, in this lesson, you will be learning how to type letters in the home row. The home row is two rows above the bottom row of the keyboard. So, to find the home row, just find the space bar and then move up two rows. You will then be on the home row. Okay, Miriam, now type the keys F, then space. F is the first letter of the name Frank. The F key is on the home row and it has a tiny bump on it. Press the F with your left hand second finger, then press the space with your right hand thumb. Go ahead and type F, then space. Type it four times. Go for it. F, yes, space, good. F, right, space, good. F, yeah, space. You got it. One last time, Miriam. D, uh, but you're really close. Type F, that's F, as a space. Not quite, Miriam. Type F, that's F, as in Frank. The F is on the home row, and it has a tiny bump on it. Use your left hand, second finger. F. Alrighty then, space. Well, well done. Now type the keys. J, then space. J is the J. Good. Space. That's right. Again. Type J, then J. Yeah. Space. Good. Again. Let me make a mistake again. K. Uh, but you're really close. Type J. The J is to the left of the K, and it has a tiny bump on it. J. Alrighty then, space. That's it. One last time, Miriam. J. Yes. Space. Speed. Now type the keys. F. J. Then space. F and J are the F. Yeah. J. Space. Correct. Again. F. Ra. J. Ra. Space. Go. F. Yeah. J. Yeah. Space. Yes. Sir. E. One last F. Go. J. That's space. Yeah. Cool. Now type the keys. F. J. K. Then space. F. J. And K are the first letters of the names. Frank, James, and Katie. The K key is the key just to the right of the J key. Press the K key with your right hand, third finger. Go ahead and type F. J. K. Then space. Type it for times go for it so as you can see with the type ability software you get a lot more feedback on what you are doing and perhaps a little more encouragement as you're learning to touch type which i think may help with a lot of beginners who are working with the software on their own and learning to touch type by themselves but it is your choice this one you have to pay for and if you're already familiar with the JAWS software, it will be a familiar area for you to use it. If you're looking for a free, accessible touch typing program, then the first tutorial that we had a look at may well work for you. Thank you for this little quick look at the touch typing softwares. Very good. So thanks for preparing that demonstration for us, Miriam. Now, just before we're out of time on, on this segment, maybe we could just get you to, to give us a bit of an idea of any final recommendations. If somebody is going to um, try and learn uh, touch typing, maybe they're considering online tutors or there might be other options open to them. Any final kind of thoughts, any final recommendations you'd give them? I think particularly because it's touch typing, Jude, and touch typing is, it's a lot of memorization, a lot of concentration. So they have to be very motivated to do it on their own with something like a typing tutorial. The advantage of a typing tutorial is they can use it anytime. They're not committed to attending a class or a particular time, so they can use it how often and when often and wherever they want to use it. 
Um, to attend a class, I think you just have more motivation. You have um, you have a tutor keeping you straight. You have other colleagues, you know, that you can sort of have a quick word with every now and again. Um, mm. It's just more interesting. There are other softwares out there as well. There's one called Azabat, which has two different levels, beginners and advanced, again, accessible for blind and visually impaired users. There's another software out there called Talking Typer. And Talking Typer has been around for about 20 years, so they could also take a little look at that. That offers a free download, a 15 minute free download that they can use without having to pay the 79 full price. But that particular talking typer now has a little app and for 550 for five euros and 50 cents, you can download this from the app store if you had an iPhone. And then if you had, we'll say a Bluetooth keyboard for your iPhone or your iPad, well, there you go for 550, you've got a full fully accessible little typing tutorial, you know, just from the app. So yeah. I suppose it's really it's it, depending on the person, I think, you know, on how much interaction. Maybe they don't want to go into a class at all. You know, maybe they prefer yeah. to do it on their own time or perhaps they're working and they just need to brush up on typing skills. So I think the choice is just it's purely a preference. But from my own point of view, I would always recommend, you know, being brought through a particular course. But that's just that's just me, you know. <laughs> Very good. It's great to have those options. And and uh, thanks for taking the time to prepare that video for us and to come on the show today as well and give us those recommendations. Appreciate that, Miriam. Not at all, Jude. And I look forward to maybe interviewing you in a further further <laughs> episode. <laughs> we'll move swiftly on from that. <laughs> Good to have you back with us, Miriam. Okay, and I'm sure thanks we'll have again, you back and thanks for the listeners' point. time. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Very good. So, of course, if you have any questions or you want any assistance in relation to to any of these subjects, um, including with regard to uh, typing, as we discussed there, contact your local IT trainer for more information, or you can contact labs at ncbi.ie. Of course, just a reminder that if you're enjoying our live events here and uh, maybe you're getting an opportunity to, to hear them live, um, if you want to check back on any of the subjects that are talked about on our live events, you can always do that on YouTube or any of the major podcast platforms. Might be something as well that uh, if, uh, if you have any family or friends who would be interested to hear these same um, subjects being discussed, spread the word about our live events as well. And uh, we'll we'd be delighted to to uh, cover any other subjects that you might suggest as well. Now, before we move on to our discussion about Black Friday, let's talk briefly about this week's quick tips. Daniel's with us this week to to mention uh, one particular quick tip. So, what have you got for us this week, Daniel? Hi, Jude. Um, well, yeah, this week um, what I've decided to cover was um, using the inbuilt Zoom feature that's on the web browsers such as your Google Chrome and the new Microsoft Edge that's out. So uh, basically, I'll just give you kind of a, a an over, overview of it. The laptops that are out now and have been for the last couple of years, I suppose, they have advanced the touchpad that uh, comes comes with your laptop now and it kind of function in a similar way to the way the surface of your smartphone would so you can do your pinch gestures and 
different gestures on the touchpad now and maybe that wasn't available maybe going back about eight, 10 years ago at this stage. Um, so it, it, it offers extra functionality and I think from, um, you know, the point of view of somebody who has low vision, um, you know, browsing the web and they want to be do you want to be able to zoom up the text really quick, maybe go in and look at finer details or something? And rather than going maybe to use hotkeys or use Windows magnification, that they can just simply do this gesture on the touchpad. So I've prepared a little um, a little video of that. And um, what I want to do is just uh, maybe uh, play that here for you now. So just give us a does, second there. Yeah. Look forward to, to seeing that, that's great. Hi, it's Daniel here with the NCBI Labs team and today we are going to take a look at zooming in on the Google Chrome browser and the new Microsoft Edge browser. So this little tip is handy for somebody uh, who has low vision and wants to take advantage of the inbuilt magnification in these browsers. So first of all, I'm going to open up the Google Chrome browser and we'll go for let's say RTE News. And we'll just pick an article from RTE News here. So just take the first article here. So as you can see, our page is loaded up and um, you can use two fingers on the new touchpads to scroll up and down the page. But just like a smartphone, or an iPad, uh, you can use your pinch and gesture there just to zoom in and then you use two fingers left and right across the page and likewise two fingers up and down to read your article. So that's that working on the Google Chrome browser. And if you want to go back a page, you can uh, use two fingers to swipe left and swipe right, and it'll bring you forward and back a page, just like that. So you're back out to the main page. Again, uh, your pinch zoom will bring up the articles. So if you want to zoom in on those, get them up. It's easy to see what the article is about before, before going into it. So I'll just show you that on the Microsoft Edge browser, the new one that's out as well. So we'll just go RTE News again. And again, pick the top result here. So same page, we will um, just pick another article here. So again, you can use your pinch gesture to zoom in on the photos or zoom in on the text. Two fingers down on the touchpad going left, right, up and down to navigate around the page when it's zoomed up. So you can see there, you can bring the text up quite big on the screen. And again, to go back a page, two fingers, and just swipe to the right, we'll send you back a page. And likewise, if you're after going a few pages forward, you can swipe the opposite way. We'll bring you uh, forward through the pages as well. Now, in addition, if you're a PC user and you have a mouse, you can also employ the same tactic by holding down your control key. So I'll just do that here. And if you have the roller ball on the mouse, you can just roll forward 
roll up with the control key held down and you will zoom in on your page as well. So that's for uh, people who are using a desktop PC with a mouse attached. So that's a quick handy tip for zooming in and out using the modern browsers of Google Chrome and Microsoft Edge. And it just must be said that um, it's the modern touchpads on most modern laptops will have that feature built in. Surely any of the laptops that were produced in the last five to eight years will have that feature built in. Alternatively, if it doesn't, just grab an external mouse. And like I demonstrated there a few moments ago, hold down that control key and use the roller ball to move in and out to zoom up and down your page. So if you have any further queries on that, don't hesitate to get in contact with your local NCBI trainer for further information. Thank you for watching. Great stuff. So that's a, a really useful one that maybe not everybody knows straight off, but uh, nice and nice and easy for everyone to get to grips with and uh, quite a powerful one as well. Thanks very much for pre preparing that for us this week. No problem, and of course, we'll hear more quick tips from the team. Quick tips from the Tim, even. <laughs> quick tips from the team next week. And uh, if you want any any particular tips for a particular platform, do just let us know on labs at ncbi.ie. Now, moving on, what you need to know about Black Friday. So this is obviously quite a timely subject for us to talk about, Black Friday being this week. And there's always a lot of good deals or a lot of big discounts on our Black Friday sales, on the Black Friday sales that we see around the web and in stores. And obviously it's a bit different this, this year, but it's still important for us to, to maybe have a little bit of a, a chat about what's available and some of the pitfalls that we can avoid as well. So maybe we can just, um, talk, we've got our whole panel on here for, for this section. So maybe we can just have a bit of a, a chat about what Black Friday actually is. First of all, if you hear people always talking about Black Friday, somebody wants to just give us uh, maybe just a bit of a description of Black Friday. Yeah, I suppose uh, Jude, Black Friday is kind of like a bit akin to like our you know, New Year's sales and that there. So it started in America roughly around the 1950s. Mm -hmm. uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving kind of was like it was like their run down to Christmas and you know sales and shops and people you know selling off stock etc and because we have so many American companies like you know, like Amazon over over here now they introduced their sales for Black Friday to this part of the world too so mm. because people were purchasing from the likes of like Amazon or, or other sort of American based sites or, sh or shops actually, you know, the, the rest of the shops in, in, in Ireland and the UK would, would have started selling, moving their deals to that Friday to compete with them. Yeah, yeah, I have to say it's one of those sort of terms that I've heard a bit more in, in recent years mm -hmm. and I kind of was surprised to find out actually it's been there for decades <laughs> in the States. Yeah, and I, th I, th I think the, the term Black Friday comes from a few different yeah. uh, ideas. Like I, th I think, um, I know you. I know you were telling me that it was, it was like the shops going from red into black. Mm, that was one of the explanations. And, yeah. And another one I was reading was because um, the streets had so many people in them and uh, the roads are so busy. It was nearly like you know, like the yeah traffic cops were calling it uh, Black Friday in terms of den dense density of traffic and people on the streets during that time. So, yeah. w w which one is true, or maybe it's an amalgamation of them all? But it's uh, it's an interesting term. 
there was quite an interesting one I saw as well, because yeah, I'd heard that same thing about um, the the day when traditionally it's supposed to be the day when the, the kind of businesses go from um, basically go into profit, go from the red to the black. So they, they kind of wanted to, to label that with Black Friday, as you mentioned there. But I saw another interesting one as well, which was just talking about it. It said now, of course, you, you never know what when you get, read something on a website, you never know exactly how much credence to give it. It says the true story of Black Friday is darker. <laughs> the term Black Friday was first used on September 24th, 1869, when two investors, Jay Gold and Jim Fisk, drove up the price of gold and caused a crash that day. The stock market dropped 20% and foreign trade stopped. Farmers suffered a 50% dip in wheat and corn harvest value. So going back to 1869 is what they're claiming there. But the, it's kind of interesting just to hear the kind of background of some of these terms that are used because we associate it with something so different these days. Absolutely. Um, so it's just interesting to hear where it came from. It is sort of a bit newer, really, though, in, in Ireland, isn't it? I think it's only maybe the last five or six years that we would have really started to use that term properly. Yes, especially like we're saying with, with like, you know, American shops opening over here or using their sort of sales models mm. that, you know, they were selling their stock at a reduced rate on the rundown to Christmas. Yeah, uh, I think they call it Christmas creep. Christmas creeps further back into the yeah. year every, every year. Yeah. So obviously in America, they, they had started that well, well before us. But now you get yeah. Christmas creep here. So all the shops are looking to, you know, either move yeah. last year's stock or or set or you know just set, or, or to have a promotion on a certain stock and it's, it's a great time of year to do it and run down to Christmas. Yeah absolutely and just keeping with this kind of tradition of naming sales the Black Friday sale Cyber Monday always kind of goes hand in hand with Black Friday what, what's the difference with Cyber Monday? Well the, the idea of Cyber Monday was that you know Black Friday, it's around since the 50s so obviously no internet back then it was yeah. in-shop in promotions so like this, for shops that don't have storefronts, like with the likes of Amazon and that there, like they were sort of another website, they were pushing to more a Cyber Monday thing. So to, you know, they, they'd have their own kind of marketplace of like, well, you can't make it to a shop or we don't have a shop. Here's a Cyber Monday deal. Yes. So it became yeah. more of an online presence. Now I know they've kind of Cyber Monday and Black Friday sort of crossed over and they're, they're more or less the same thing now because yeah. Uh, it's it's not as if most shops would have an online presence as well as having a storefront. So, yeah. and particularly wanna... this year, it's almost like every day is Cyber Monday this year. I think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. During that I think I think like the extended to like a Black Friday week coming up to yeah. Black Friday, there's a Black Friday week after Black Friday, then you've Cyber Monday deals starting. So there is, you know, it's constant pushes. Like so, that's I know we're going to get into. Yeah, like like it's not always a good thing to be rushing out and buying everything in the sale. And like, I know, I know, I know, I know we've gone to that further now in our yeah. discussion. Yeah, and that that is a good point to make as well. It's not something that people need to hang around for this Friday to be able to get the the best deals because they they spread it out quite a bit in the in the weeks coming up to it, particularly the the week of Black Friday now. So there's some good good sale items out there at the moment. Um. Realistically, we're basically talking about just just before we go on to some of these tips and we might kind of ask uh, JP to come on in a second to talk us through some tips um, for successful Black Friday shopping. But basically, we're talking about a sale like any other in some ways, aren't we? Yeah, it, 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 it is more or less like a sale like like, like any other. Like any, there's uh, advantages and there's pitfalls to that. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, do you do you need the product? Um, yeah. Is 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 it a saving? Is the shop just trying to get rid of last year's, uh, you know, inventory? And that's not always a bad thing because last year's inventory can still be quite good. Yes. Yeah. So it's always a trade up of like, how much are you saving? Do you need this? Are you buying something that's useful? Are you buying last year's technology, which isn't you know future proofed anymore? Or yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot to take in. I know. I know we, we're going we're kind of going to go into that now. Yeah, absolutely. And and so sort of approach it like you would any other sale. So let's have a think about some of the sort of specific tips that can help you if you're if you're wanting to buy something through the Black Friday sale. Um, you don't want to spend more than you need to. You want to make sure that it's actually a good deal that you're you're buying. Um, what yeah. sort of tips are out there? Well, let's let's chat to JP. Yeah. Any tips you can give us? Yeah, that's right, too. So we can offer a few tips for anyone who will be shopping online this week in the uh, Black Friday sales and, of course, uh, Cyber Monday, too. Yeah. Um, first one we'll offer is for anyone who, who has a particular product in mind um, is, is to just try and shop around different websites just, just to make sure that the sale price that you're looking at it can actually be considered, say, a good deal. Um, and of course, there are like lots of really, really good deals on Black Friday and uh, this this week. But the last thing we want to happen is to find ourselves taken in by a certain deal that uh, may not be considered quite or may quite uh, as good as it should be. So just just to expand on this a little bit, to give you an example, I know there are, there are some there have been reports some some retailers they may set the price a little bit higher, maybe two or three weeks prior to Black Friday, and then yes. they reduce them during the week of Black Friday. This can happen. We don't want to get caught out. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time, but again, we just don't want to be caught out by, uh, as I say, seemingly a good deal that might not be uh, what, as, as, what it stacks up to be. Um, so really the advice we'll offer here is just to just to try and just kind of cross-reference different websites. So if you have a particular product in mind, a TV or a laptop or whatever it might be, a smart speaker, maybe just don't necessarily go with the first website you see that you come across, but just have a look, explore the different options. And to give you an example on this, I was uh, looking at a few different websites this morning uh, at the Amazon Echo dot port generation. So I came across one website where it was priced at thirty-two euro sixty cents, and then another one where it was um, on price for as on sale Black Friday sale at sixty-nine euro fifty. So yes. definitely pay it to just chop around. Um, yeah. Another. Right, so another what, what was that device that you just mentioned? That was the Amazon Echo dot fourth generation, Jude. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I just saw a similar thing. Um, I saw the Google Nest Mini on a couple of different um, yes. websites, and it's interesting if you if you were to shop by, for example, percentage discount. Yeah. Um, I saw one that was originally um, mm. sixty five, mm. um, gone down to I think twenty seven, which is actually a good deal in, in its own right. right. But yeah. another one was actually cheaper in the first place at yeah. 60 euros and went down to 30 euros. Yeah, um, yeah interesting. which is a 50% discount. But actually, the other one looked like a much bigger discount because yeah. it was coming yeah, from yeah, a much higher yeah, price. It's a perfect example, perfect example of that. Like a few, few other tips that we'll have will be, and this is kind of an obvious one, just, just making a list. So before you go uh, shopping the Black Friday sales, so rather than go in with, with the mindset, oh, I'll just have a browse and I'll see what I find. Ideally, what you could do is just think about, okay, well, what do I need? Like, what am I looking for? Um, and then just see, you know, just go about look, looking for those that particular product or, or products. Um, particularly when it comes to buying, you know, devices. You know, we know like people who are listening, you know, the technology, the technology is not that cheap. You know, if looking at a new laptop or a smart TV can be quite expensive. Yeah. Um, another one that's probably the most important one is just about uh, staying uh, shopping online safely. Um, there's an in interesting slash kind of worrying kind of figure. 
manufacturers in Ireland this, this year alone, we've had uh, um, 1.1 million uh, euro has been, um, unfortunately it's, it's been, people have, have lost that much money through online shopping frauds. Uh, so we definitely don't want this to happen uh, to us. So we offer a few kind of recommendations here as to ways we can shop safely online this week. And this could include this the very obvious things, this not, not entering your credit card details on any website that you don't trust, that you're not familiar with. A good thing to point out is that um, if, if you want to just check it out, to see this, you know, the security and, and the safety of the website, there is a little padlock icon uh, that you can, you can check it, see if it's there, to see if it's deemed kind of secure or not. Uh, to find this, if we're using a screen reader, we can just go to the address bar, press Alt and D, and then we can shift and tab once to move to the padlock icon. And if, if one is there, of course, and if it is there, it will hear use site information button menu, and then it'll say secure. So that's our way of knowing that the, that the guide is secure. So, um, if we're in any doubts, a good website to try to, 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 to test uh, the site so you're, um, you're looking up is Trustpilot. And it'll tell you straight away whether it's it deemed it's safe or not. Um, so that's something to, to bear in mind. Um, another another point, um, probably equally important, is uh, to try to shop in, uh, in good time to improve our chance of getting the items delivered before Christmas. Um, and so as to improve the chance of this happening, uh, what we can do is just try to shop in websites in Ireland uh, or the UK. Um, I mean, just a lot of people are, are ordering products online at the moment, and um, I, I was reading actually that on Post I've seen a, an increase of 130% in the volume of packages being delivered uh, this this year compared to last. So we we can expect, I say, some delays, um, but of course, I think the chances of the items being delivered before Christmas uh, will be uh, much higher uh, if we if we order from uh, sites in Ireland or the UK as, as opposed to elsewhere. Yeah, um, and of course, a good thing as far as we're, we're buying Irish too. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say as well, there's there's that drive kind of to support a little bit more local Absolutely. businesses this year in particular when they need it. And um, it, are, they, are the Irish retailers quite good with participation in the Black Friday sales? Can you get good good deals? I, I, I was browsing online on this morning, different websites, and I found they're very good. Actually, they're very competitive. Very good. Good to know mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So let, let's have a, a chat about some of the sort of more specific recommendations then. Any any good recommendations um, that you found in the Black Friday sales this year? Can we come well, to maybe we'll come to Sean first? Well, I, I've been looking at things now uh, like power banks, uh, for for charging your phone on the go or charging your products, we all have, you know, uh, we've all got mobile phones these days with large enough batteries, and we can sometimes drain them when we're out on the go. I know, I know, we're all in lockdown. We're not really on the go at the moment, but hopefully, yeah. when I, when that's back to normal. But like with a power bank, I've been looking at the Anchor PowerCore One Three Four Hundred. Now yeah. I was looking on the Littlewoods Ireland website, which doesn't currently have its Black Friday sale. Yes, but the same product on the UK site does. So I'm hoping that they will implement that sale over here soon. Uh, but the reason I'm looking at power banks is because, like I said, we all have AirPods, we all have other devices. And with this particular model, I know it was built for the Nintendo Switch. That's just a promotional gimmick. It's the fact that it has fast charging. So like phones now that can take a full charge within an hour yeah. from a, a wall outlet. This power bank will also let you do the same thing. Very good. Yeah, you, you, you get a full you get a full charge in the hour, and you like from the power bank. It might take about four hours to charge the power bank fully in itself. 
but then you'd be, that'll get you four to four and a half charges of your phone. It'll get you multiple charges of your AirPods. Like if you're ever, you can have this in your backpack. You're going to work, you're going to college, or you're just traveling around, and you know, so all of a sudden your AirPods go, or all of a sudden your um, yeah, your phone is running low, and you think you might need it for a meeting, or you might need it for something. Stick it in the fast charge section of this power bank, and you know, before you know it, the phone will be near full. Brilliant. And the reason I was looking at the Irish website is because because these are lithium ion batteries. They don't always send them in the post internationally. Ah, uh, okay, that's a useful thing to know. Mm. Okay, so that's the they're kind of dangerous to send in the post, is that it? Well, just like just like any lithium, like your phone has a lithium ion battery, your laptop has a lithium ion battery. They're well protected in the phones. They're all well protected in these cases too. It's just that the batteries are so large that they don't want them getting bumped or scratched or bent or or anything that could happen in the post. We've all seen packages get you know, mangled and post and it's just this, these yeah. batteries, you know, they're, they're dangerous, like like any, any battery is dangerous if it's not treated, yeah. treated right. So remind us just price wise, what were we looking at for that? Well, currently that's about 70 to 80 euro, that power bank. Now it is a bit more expensive than other power banks because it does have fast charge and it has an intelligent charge section where it will know the voltage and current of your device that's plugged into it and give it the exact current it needs. So it's, so it's very it's a very useful thing. You can charge your device safely. Uh, so the UK have already implemented their Black Friday sale on that. So that's about down to 30 sterling on the English version of the Littlewoods website. So I'm hoping now that on the Irish one now they'll implement that sale pretty soon also. Yeah, very good. So that's a, a good discount and good tips about power banks as well there. Thanks for that, Sean. So um, maybe we can come over to Daniel now and um, any particular items that you've seen, any recommendations you've seen the sales this year? Yeah, Jude, um, like like Sean, they've been looking around, but I um, just want to kind of add something a little bit to what JP yeah. was talking about there in um, you know, just tips and tricks, um, particularly when buying online is another thing to take into consideration is your shipping costs. And also, you know, so sometimes if you're buying outside the country, obviously your currency exchange, um, just to make sure with shipping costs, particularly, you know, your your eBay's and places like that. Uh, often you can find an item, you know, for 10 euro, but it costs 10 euro to ship it to Ireland and another yes. place could be 12 euro, but three euro to ship it to Ireland. So just to just to watch out for that, it's a little little bit yeah. of a, a tip there, um, particularly if you're going on the likes of eBay, I suppose. Yes, but yes. Um, getting back to um, yeah, laptops, um, and I went all back on the uh, 26th of May, our live event eight, we had a good old chinwag over what to look out for in in laptops. So I suppose it's traditionally the time of the year now. Um, you know, if you haven't got a laptop going back, maybe to college or something that. Yeah, you might look at getting a laptop for Christmas, and like likewise with with um, Black Friday, you're going to get a lot of offers out there. And just to bear in mind, um, back when we were discussing on our live event eight, you know about the solid state hard drives in 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 these laptops. Uh, it is quite, you know, it's nearly getting to the stage now where it's necessary to have it. Yeah. So uh, you will find some places will be still shipping the laptops out with the, you know the old style hard drive so just look out for those curry's um had curry's had a deal on there on on laptops um now this one here under black tag sale event um was going for 479 um now 
the only little drawback I had on it was a 14-inch green, but she's well packed under the bonnet. You're getting a, an iCore 5 chip there, very quick, in 4 gig of RAM, which is reasonably good, and um, 256 gig solid-state drive. So that um, that is that is not a bad little purchase there. And again, your battery life up to 10 hours. So it's um it's quite a quite a nice little machine, you know, maybe to 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 look out for. If you're going down to Corries at some stage, they do have lots of other offers on on there. But again, watch out for the storage space. I see some of the cheaper models, you know, 64 gigs uh, solid state drive, not necessarily great. Um, you'd want to be probably going 120 at least, um, even just for standard browsing. So just to watch yeah. out for those things. Very Another good. thing came across as well, and and we'll probably do a discussion on this further down the route um is the the google nest wi-fi system this wi-fi mesh um basically these plug the the, the nest wi-fi router it plugs into your into your existing router and it gives you better wi-fi coverage in the house and you can add points as well so uh you know maybe if i'm thinking of particular bigger houses or maybe older houses with the big thick walls and the wi-fi signal doesn't quite reach into the into the corner rooms of the house where you really where you really want that wi-fi so these little guys, you can pick them up. Um, they're, they're just on sale at the moment from the Google Store. They have, um, they have the router on its own for 116 down from 156. And they do a set then down from 250 down to 205. Um, so they might be worth um, investing in. Uh, they also include, they also include the, um, the Google Assistant man and sort of double up as your little as your little um speaker, your speaker mini speaker as well. Mm -hmm. So to have that. And one final thing to add to them guys is they have um a thing on it that you can uh, have paused the internet on it. So and thinking of the parents listening, the kids are not doing the homework on the Wi-Fi, you just tell it to turn off the internet. Oh, and uh, that might that might be a handy yeah. feature for some folks out there. Quite you know, hard it be, yeah, it can be very hard to get them to drop the tablets <laughs> and while the Wi-Fi is flowing. Excellent, good stuff. A wide variety of different uh, items in the Black Friday sales. Yeah, they're, they're just some of them. I came across just tons of stuff out there. I could go on all evening about. Brilliant, and we'll we'll have to have a chat about um, some of those. Uh, items as well in a future live event. You mentioned the yeah. the um, Google Mesh. Is that what they call it? The the internet system. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's an intelligent system. Uh, partic well, particularly where you're getting the the two units. Um, you know, it it'll switch your device over to which unit is the best one to be connected to automatically. So it'll it'll hop for you. It'll hop the internet seamlessly for you. Brilliant. Yeah, we'll have to talk about those on one of the future live events. Just an interesting thing I just noticed there on the the um, Curry's website as well, which is quite useful considering um, one of the tips that JP mentioned is that when they mention the price at the moment, they also tell you the price that it was, but they also tell you the dates that it was that price. So if you're worried about somebody maybe having just boosted their prices for uh, just before Black Friday, you can actually check on the Curry's website. So if it's been a, a stable price for a while and the price comes down, you can kind of have a bit more confidence in the, the sale price. So that's quite a, a useful thing as well. I wonder, can we just test this out a little bit with maybe just one? Um, with, with your credit card, Jude. Say that again? With your credit card. 
Jude, can I give you my shopping say, list now? Say that again. <laughs> I'm very hard of hearing now today. I'm hearing a lot of things I don't like today. <laughs> very good. And was that Miriam coming back? In? Miriam, if you say well, you're going to interview just, me again. Yeah, you just mentioned the word credit card. And I'm going to go, oh. <laughs> Jude, can I just say as well, uh, just what Daniel said, you know, to watch out for the postage and, you know, the currency, because that can actually add bump up the price back up again when you get as far as your checkout. Yeah. Also, Amazon.co.uk is different to Amazon.com. Amazon.com being the American one, and you would end up paying duty for anything coming in. Also, with Brexit on the horizon too in January, the banks are looking at adding an extra layer of security. Now, again, because of Brexit, people might want to buy before January as well. So it might, might be something to consider, you know, if they need something on the Black Friday, say it might be something to consider too, you know, not to wait. Yeah, very good. Some very good, good tips there as well. Excellent. So just um, just time to to maybe try this out with one one um, particular sale item, and this is more for just giving a little bit of an idea of an approach to to the Black Friday sale. So I'm going to pick a set of headphones here that I've noticed on one website. Um, and if I read it out, maybe you can give us, maybe some on the panel can just give us your approach. If you were looking at this for the first time, now you may know these set of headphones, you might know how good they are, or you might not. How would you approach this on the, if you were to see this deal and you were looking out for a set of headphones? So this is a pair of Sony in-ear truly wireless headphones with extra bass, and it's got the model number here, and it's saying it was €159.99 and it's down to €79.99. Now, does that, just from what you hear, is that something that you would you would jump on straight away or what what sort of checks, what would you check out before you proceeded with that? I always um, review products uh, over and over again, read reviews on them, read previous reviews, check out other websites to see if the product's actually, you know, rated first. Mm. to kind of garner my own interest and then like I said I'll check prices on other websites then also currently and even in sales to see is the website offering the best price for that yeah. but the main thing I would do personally is read 10-15 reviews from as much websites as I can about people's user experience with it yeah but as we often find people only write reviews when they have a bad experience. Like no one rushes out to write a review when something's brilliant because you expect it to work. Yes, yeah. So so you kind of have to weigh all that up when you're reading reviews online. But that is what I would do just to see, like if it's you know if you're reading about like the Google Buds or the AirPod Pro, like they're so well advertised and reviewed all over the place, you kind of have a, a, an idea of how they should work and how they should act. So whenever there's a pair of you know like buds or technology or phones that are just not so well known, that's like I'd have to do a little bit of research personally. Yeah, perfect. So that's probably a key bit of advice is make sure of the product itself as well, because even in in those cases where they're um, actually a very good discount and maybe they were um, hugely more expensive before. Not just talking about this set of headphones, of course, but just in general. Um, maybe they, maybe whatever the device is wasn't actually worth that amount in the first place, and maybe the, the sale price um, that's there at the moment is more uh, in keeping with what it's worth and what we'd be willing to pay. So just balance out what you what you actually want, what you would expect to pay, what you're happy to pay, and is the device actually good enough? So hopefully those um, 
reminders and tips about Black Friday sales will be helpful to you. One or two um, guiding points there for uh, specific sales as well. If uh, if there's any questions that you have, obviously it's going to be related to this week particularly, but you can still get support through the labs team at labs at ncbi.ie. And uh, of course, in more general terms, you can get in touch with us for any sort of uh, tech help that you need as well there. And uh, if there's any subjects that you'd like covered as well, you can uh, let us know um, at that same email address. And of course, you can get support from NCBI services in general um, on 1850 uh, 92, sorry, 1850-33-43-53 from NCBI services in general and for the labs team it's 1850-92-30-60. And if you'd like to make a donation to support our services, you can also visit donate.ncbi.ie and uh, don't underestimate the help that that can be to keeping our live events going as well as all the rest of our services that are running as well. Um, you can even sponsor one of our live events if you like by emailing labs at ncbi.ie as well. Now just before we go, just a reminder of what's coming up in future live events. Next week we're going to be talking about streaming devices, things like the Amazon Fire Stick or Apple TV or Google Chromecast. What's the difference between them all and how are they for accessibility? Well, we're going to be talking about that a little bit next week. And of course we have our meet the team piece as well. And this time we'll be talking to Anya Rourke about her role in NCBI. Just to flag in advance as well that on December 15th we're going to be having a bit of a free-for-all. We'll have an expanded panel to talk about some of their favourite pieces of accessible technology of the year. And if you'd like your voice to be heard, um, you can just let us know what your favourite pieces of technology are as well and we'll be sure to include those on the show. Reminder that our next live event is next week. We're still in level five for next week at least, so we'll be back again next week, December 1st at 2.30 p.m. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, uh, with our newsletter, if you want to keep up to date with what's happening, uh, you can sign up for that on the NCBI website or you can email us as well if you'd like to sign up for that. So many thanks to our panel today. Nice to talk about those uh, very uh, different subjects of the Black Friday sales and uh, the value of typing tutors. Appreciate all the input from our guests today and a regular panel as well. And we look forward to seeing everybody back next week for another NCBI Labs live event. <laughs>